1: Your company has just replaced the boss that you love with a guy you can't stand. So how do you respond? As a believer, God has some direction for you, as we'll see next. Hello, and again, welcome. You're listening to Truth For Today. The ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Today, as we continue our survey of Romans, we find ourselves in chapter 13, a message simply entitled, Submitting to God-Appointed Authority. That's a challenge, isn't it? We just finished up with a message on how to treat people who don't like you, so it seems fitting that the Apostle Paul would move right into a specific example, like authority. Let's see how we are to deal with it from a spiritual perspective, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's program.
2: Listen to what he says. Everyone must submit himself, now we would like to read that, herself, to the governing husband. Because we think submission is a feminine term. No, it's a New Testament believer term. Submission is a way of life for Christians. It wasn't written just to women, right? Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Now, that is a mind-blowing concept. What if you lived in China? Wonder if you lived under Hitler. Wonder if you lived under Herod. Does this apply to all Christians under every government? And the government that's in power is going to execute Paul, the writer of the verse. His head winds up in a basket in a subterranean prison called the Mamertine Prison in Rome. And he says, I say the man that's about to kill me was put there by God. You talk about believing in sovereignty. We all get upset with sovereign election in chapter 9. Who does God think he is to choose whoever he wants? Now, think of the test to that same concept. Don't tell me that people in authority got there with God's approval. Yeah. Did you lose your vote this past November? God didn't. He put in exactly who he had planned to put in. And it is so amazing. We're an amazing country. Everybody on the opposite side is an idiot until November. Then we've got to submit to them. And we go back and say, well, we better work with whoever's in, right? No matter, Republican, Independent, Democrat, it doesn't matter. But I see people who love political action, and by the way, some of you stay disturbed because I'm not a political pulpit today. I can say everything I want because I've got a political verse. Okay, so don't go out and say he's just preaching. No, I'm preaching Romans, and he says God puts in people in authority, and and just think of this, God. Put in place the boss you work under. Go ahead and pray about it. (laughs) Wives. God. Made who you said God gave you. To be the head of your home. And I hope you're included. Children. All of you mad as you can be at who you were handed as parents, God ordained who your parents are and were. All authority structures that we're told to come under, God established. But he's especially talking here of civil authority, governmental authority. And this is astounding. We haven't even said anything. We're just reading it. The authorities that exist have been established by the devil. By who? Oh, okay. By God. Don't want to distort the word of God here. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment... But also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants. Who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Chapter 12, Paul... uh, Begins to describe how children of mercy are to conduct themselves. And he, first of all, deals how we're to think about God, be responding to his mercies, and be submitting to it. Then he says how we ought to think about ourselves, and that is, think with humility in verse 3. Then he says how we ought to think towards others, that we ought to be loving towards our brothers. He comes to the end of the chapter how we should respond to our enemies. Not to return evil for evil. We're not to be in the vengeance, getting even business. Uh, God has never empowered us to bear the sword ourselves as individual Christians. We're not to be sword bearers. Uh, I went to a Mennonite school in Fresno where they are pacifists. They, they have great struggles to even think about being involved in warfare because they take the Sermon on the Mount. As many German Anabaptists do, that if I'm under the Sermon on the Mount and I'm not to return the hit back, they can't see their role as a Christian having to be involved in war. So you have the pacifist and involvement debate. But a very uh, sincere group that stood on this for uh, ever since Mental Simmons. And so the role of a Christian to government has been a debated thing and is complex uh, for sure. How much involvement are we to have? Uh, Am I anti-anti if the government is uh, in place? American Christians are the most spoiled Christians when it comes to government. None of us have suffered under blood in this country for our religious freedom. Can you name the last time a Christian was martyred in this country for believing the gospel? Paul is writing in 55 AD. The Jews are against the church. Paul winds up in Acts 19 being arrested by Jewish authorities that were going to kill him. He appeals to Rome. He goes to Rome and he dies under Gentile authority. But both groups were anti the church. The church is this little sect, this little uh, nuisance to the Roman Empire. And the church grows up out of a context of Jewish zealots who started the Maccabean Revolt in the intertestament period, who says, use any means we can to throw off Rome. They're invaders. We are God's ordained people. This land is ours. Kick the Gentiles out. We'll kill them. We'll do whatever we want. And Rome says, bring it on. We're going to slaughter you in the millions. And they did. Leading to 70 AD and Titus invasion. They rebelled again. He comes back at 82 AD. We've got the standoff in Masada. We've got all that history. But it's this conflict. How dare you come in here and think you can govern us? We will kill you. And they paid a horrendous price. Government can outlast you. It can certainly outlast the church in a physical life-for-life battle. So he's saying, is the church a, uh, a zealot movement, that uh, a tyrannical movement? We overthrow rulers. We form our own CIA to poison kings. And to poison presidents, no, Paul wants to make it clear, and he's really reflecting Old Testament theology, no, even governing authorities, whether they're Gentile, Jewish, atheist, theist, it doesn't matter what the spectrum is. God is sovereignly orchestrating human authoritative powers. Sovereignly, he's working out a plan. And he sometimes sets up the basis of men, what he told Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, I set up the weakest of men to fulfill my purpose. It may be a Nebuchadnezzar, may be a Belshazzar, may be a Herod, may be a Haman. But God is not paralyzed about human authority. He's sovereignly working, and someday he's even going to let a man of sin, an Antichrist, rise up and lead the world in a following to oppose God. And he will orchestrate it all for his glory. This is a bunch of theology that's hard to swallow, especially when you're seeing your loved ones killed, when you're seeing your goods ravished, as in Hebrews 10. How can you espouse such theology when you're under a suffering regime? You just say what God says, and you even take the consequences. The two greatest preachers in history were beheaded. John the Baptist was the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Jesus said so. And Paul was probably the greatest preacher of the church era, and he was beheaded. All under the will of God. You see, what is an offense to us is we have not grown up on Christianity that says suffering is a part of being a Christian. We want immunity. And anytime God gets into our comfort zone or takes away anything that we think we ought to have, we've grown up on American independence. Did you know the Constitution wasn't written by Christians as much as deists? Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Benjamin Franklin was a deist, not a theist. He didn't think God even ran things. And they said, we are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We will vote in the powers that rule us. Not like England. We don't want a monarchy. But what they forgot is you are not ultimately in charge even if you vote. I don't like, I don't, don't take me, I don't, don't email me. I don't want any emails. I forbid for a week any emails. I'm spouting off all my suppressed political biases. If I don't even go to the poll, God will get his man in. But I still vote. Uh, if God wants me to die of cancer, I will die, but I still go to the doctor for a checkup. So he's saying the sovereign God of salvation is sovereign about the government. And did you know God ordained that you and I get to be born under this government? And our gal in the Philippines just died. I think of throwing off Ferdinand Marcos and all the abuse he did to the Filipino people. She just passed away. Aquino? All right. Yeah. It was a great, great breath of fresh air for the Philippines. Well, let's look at the text. Three things I want us to see. And uh, 30 minutes, I won't say too much. That will change your mind. But let me tell you what God's mind is. Number one, the authority of government. We want to look at that. Two, the function of government. And three, how we ought to respond to it. How we ought to respond to governing authorities. Uh, the function of authority, verse uh, uh, One just says it repeatedly, authority is God-given. And he gives a clear command, submit to governing authorities. But, but, but qualify it, qualify it, qualify it. He does not submit to governing authorities. Well, why? Why? Give me a reason. Well, all authority, God says, I've established it. That is mind-blowing, isn't it? It can't be. God couldn't be a Democrat. He, he might be a Republican. I grew I, I went to school in Dallas where nobody could imagine. I don't think you could be on a deacon board if you were not a Republican. The authorities that exist have been established by God. It, it just is clear. I don't think it's this, prob- this passage doesn't have a problem being understood. It has a problem being obeyed. That we are just to see authorities being placed. And God says, I've given civil authority. Because in a fallen world, you need somebody empowered to deal with a fallen race. Now, there's been different views in history. I'll give you four different views uh, that Christians have wrestled with. One is... Uh, Erastan. You know, if I told you who said it, it wouldn't matter anything to you. Let me give you the view. The state controls the church is one view, and and that's uh, popular. Theocracy. How many of you would like for us to be a theocracy? That is where God uh, rules us directly. That's what's going on in Iran. The Ayatollah is the final uh, call. In Iraq, when Saddam uh, was in there, what they hated about Saddam is he was a secular ruler, but he was much better in ways for the country than a theocracy. And you get these governments, our God reigns through the priesthood. Really scary. It's never worked in 2,000 years, it's been brutal. Uh, some have made America. It ought to be theocratic. We ought to be ruled by the law and that we ought to go into establishing it. No, I gave the law to Israel, didn't give it to America. Uh, Constantine, the compromise in which the state favors the church and the church accommodates itself to the state. You know what, we all say, yes, Constantine gave us liberty, 313 AD. Good, he has a vision, sees the cross. Hey, we're going to make the official religion of Rome is now Christianity. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it was good and bad. It was good that people could come above ground. They didn't have to hide anymore. It was terrible in this sense. It made a whole nation be called Christian that were pagan. There are no Christian nations. You can't Christianize and say everybody in a country is born again just because you say we're Christian. You don't get it. That's okay. But I oh, have a vision. I declare we're all a Christian country. Well, I don't buy it. Well, we'll kill you. It's not the best way. Uh, the ideal way is the partnership between church and state that the church and state will encourage one another affirm each other and each do its separate work that i am about leading men to a new kingdom to the true lord of lords the true king of kings and i thank god there's a man over here that will write tickets and will make my neighbors go to bed at a decent time and will deal with the mess and gum of society I should pray for him, support him, and God knows I don't want his job. But he can't do my job of trying the guy that gave his wife a whipping. I'd like to lead him to the Lord. i like to show him the Lord of Lords in Christ. And that will change him internally, what civil authority can never change. And so can we not both work in harmony together? You take care of the lawbreakers. And I'll try to lead them to Christ where they'll no longer want to break the law. That, that's, that's the partnership you like to have. And so, uh, you uh, hear verses just for your own meandering in Daniel 2 and 4. Oh, I've got to read. Look at this. Come on, turn over there. Daniel. It's in the Old Testament. Daniel 2.21 Daniel is praising God, and he says, this God changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. That'd be, I think Nebuchadnezzar needs to listen to that. And he will eventually. Chapter 4, Daniel tells him that God is going to make him go insane for seven years uh, because of his pride. But then, verse 17, the decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men. Was Babylon a Christian country? Was Babylon a God fearing country? No, they 've dragged the holy people, Israel, out of the land, they 're being disciplined for the idolatry, but tell them, Nebuchadnezzar worship many other gods, not the God of Israel. But he says, "I want you to know that he gives it to anyone he wishes, and he sets over them the lowliest of men. That 's a humbling thing to hold public office and says, "Well, maybe you got it because you were the lowest guy, the humblest of men he puts in office. Uh and then he tells him, after I drive you crazy, you're going to learn something about government. Verse 25. Seven times will pass for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdom of men, and he gives them to anyone who votes him in. Are you there? You're supposed to scream. No. He gives them to anyone. He wishes. He's given him a course on sovereignty of God that he never took before. He thought, whoever wins the fight gets in. Let me give you some other examples. You remember when Jesus was before Pilate? Pilate said, hey, oh, get a turn over there. You might as well see these verses. Turn to John 19. Are you there? Have you worn off the gold on your Bible? You'll do it if you turn the pages. Turn there. 19. Verse 7. You there? The Jews insisted we have a law. And according to that law, he must die. Because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, listen, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin, Jewish Sanhedrin. But he goes on to say, don't get too bossy with me. All the authority you've got, you've got from above. My own... Watch this. Look at Acts 2. Acts 2. Look at this. Uh, verse 23. This man was handed over to you, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Wow. Wow. You helped fulfill God's plan by killing his son. Is that right? Was it God's purpose? And you just were pawns in the carrying out of it. Of course, they were culpable. Now look at chapter 4, verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Well, human authority, he is simply saying, is ordained of God, so submit to it.
1: Understanding who we are before God and what God requires, and how God makes that requirement possible through His own Son. All found here in the book of Romans as we continue our verse-by-verse survey of this amazing book here on Truth For Today. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855 855 Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.